Good day, stoners. Whether you're driving to work, you're at home sipping on a cup of coffee made from your Robert Tim's espresso coffee bag, or you're in an airport waiting to fly to somewhere else. Well, that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wherever you are, hello and welcome to another delicious episode of Turning Stones podcast. Sam, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Terry, ready to rock and roll. Hi. Um, just quickly, Sam, before we really get stuck into it, because there's plenty of meat to this bone, that's for sure, on today's episode, but what are your thoughts about coffee bags, especially the Robert Tim's ones? Robert Tim's. I don't know who yeah. Robert Tim is, to be honest. Yeah, old Timo. Um, um, but I do love like, a good coffee, yeah. Yeah, so this is coffee in a bag. So, you in know, to the naked eye, it might look mm. like you're having a cup of tea. However, ah. it's coffee in a bag. Um, so basically, according to Robert Timms, um, I guess, you know, it's a great choice for when you're on the go or don't have any access to coffee equipment. You still get that full-flavored, perfectly measured cup of coffee in no time. Right. Um, Robert, Robert Timms isn't a sponsor, but um, I just thought I'd, you know, ask a pretty random question there to you, mm. Sam, and see very, what your thoughts are. Very random. doesn't sound like my cup of tea, but um, yeah, he can keep his tea bags or whatever the bloody hell he calls them. Yep. And I'll stick to the uh, traditional uh, espresso for me. Mm, delicious. All righty. So today's episode, guys, we are talking about Bill Gates and not just the pandemic, but the plandemic. Mm, wow. Bit of a conspiracy there. So basically, we're, we're going to be going through who is Bill Gates. Um, we all know he's the Microsoft guru, um, but what has he been doing? What has he been doing since he's left Microsoft? Mm-hmm. A few fun facts, as we always like to do, and then some juicy conspiracies that have been circulating around Bill Gates and COVID-19. Sam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, it wouldn't be uh, the Tony Stones podcast without a conspiracy, of course, there, Terry. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, obviously, Bill Gates, I think every uh, everyone around the world knows who he is, pretty uh, common name, and um, pretty familiar with him. I think everyone's uh, probably used one of his products over the years as well. So, yeah, he's had a pretty uh, successful and interesting life. And then, uh, yeah, of course, we want to jump into some, uh, yeah, some of these conspiracy theories being thrown around uh, in amongst the COVID-19 um, planned, well, pandemic or pandemic. That's the question. But, yeah, we'll jump into it and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll go over a, a few of those uh, conspiracy theories, Terry. Mm. I wonder if uh, Bill Gates actually drinks coffee, potentially a good old Robert Tim's coffee bag. Mm, maybe. We well, might have to listen to the rest of the episode to find out. Yes. Let's start now. Affordable, custom and tailor-made fencing solutions. Whether it's residential, commercial or for your farming needs, we know the place that ticks those boxes and so many more. Damn cheap wholesalers. They put a smile on your dial as well as a double thumbs up, just like the logo. One of the biggest importers in Australia, specialising in metal and fabrication. No design or desire is too tough for these guys. Located in South Australia, but servicing your fencing needs nationwide. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Type in damn cheap wholesalers. Once again, damn cheap wholesalers. Yippee. So, Bill Gates and the pandemic. Um, mm. We have spoken a bit, a bit about the uh, topic already, but we're going to 
dive deep into this one. But first, Terry, give us the uh, that fun. Well, give us the ending to that fun fact that you uh, kicked us off with in the intro. Um, what does Bill Gates drink? What's his preferred beverage? Well, I, I did question if he drinked coffee, or especially the Robert Tim's coffee bag variety. Yes. Um, and under some, you know, really thorough research and some investigative journalism, um, <laughs> I've actually come to find that he doesn't really drink coffee at all. If anything, you know, Jeez. when people get to the, the office in the morning or to their workplace, they love a good cup of caffeine. Yep. Well, this guy does love that same cup of caffeine. However, he loves cracking open a can of Diet Coke. If anything, Ooh. he actually drinks three or four throughout the day. Mm. Um, okay. And, you know, if you actually total up all the uh, aluminium from the cans of those Diet Cokes, it, works, it, it sort of equates to around 35 pounds of aluminium a year, <laughs> which we're looking around about 16 kilos. Right. Okay. Bloody hell. Jeez. So, um, yeah, a lot of artificial sweetener in there, Bill. Um, not too sure how healthy that is for your diet. Um, I mean, you, you might look like a lean cuisine, but, I mean, sometimes uh, it's not on the outside. It's what's on the inside that counts. <laughs> But um, that's enough about his uh, his choice of beverage, Sam. Um, yes. Thanks yep. for uh, making me follow that up. No worries. Uh, we're always held accountable here at Turning Stones, oh, and especially yeah, sure. you stoners there at home. Um, we leave no stone left unturned. Just making sure that the handle is at Turnstones Pod. Yes. Just remember right. that, guys, please. All right. So who is Bill Gates? Might you ask, Sam? Well, Bill was actually born on the 28th of October, 1955 in Seattle, Washington. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously in the United States of America. Now, just letting you listeners know that there are actually two sort of states of Washington in America. There's Washington State, which the capital is Seattle. Then we also have Washington, D.C., where the White House is, and that is mm-hmm. the actual capital state of the United States of America. Yes. So, yeah, just a uh, wow. little mini fun fact there for you. That's completely irrelevant. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Bill is an American business magnet um, or magnate, should I say. He's, he doesn't really uh, – he's, he's not a magnet. <laughs> no, he doesn't stick to the fridge um, <laughs> unless he gets the munchies. Uh, he might be sticking to the fridge there. Or, you know, I guess if uh, a few chicks down Holly Street look at his wallet, he might get a few uh, – <laughs> Might become a chick magnet with all the <laughs> amount of coin that that kind of has. Yeah, yeah so um, so yeah, he's a business magnet, um, a software developer, investor, and also a philanthropist. So yeah, right. good on you, mate. Um, so what is he actually really best known for, Sam? Um, yes, of course. Well, I mean, I think everyone associates Bill Gates with uh, Microsoft and uh, Windows. We were pretty well. Most people will be familiar with. His, uh, his product, so he, yeah, he was a co-founder of um, Microsoft Corporation, which yeah, is a pretty, pretty big uh, corporation these days. Um, so yeah, during his career at Microsoft, um, he was the chairman um, and also the CEO, uh, the president, and the chief software architect. So geez, he's held a few positions there at, uh, at Microsoft, so... Um, no wonder why he's uh, you know pretty wealthy man. Mm. Um, and also at the same time he was the largest in- individual shareholder um, up until May 2014. So geez, that's that's huge um, to be the largest individual um, shareholder of a company like that. That's that's crazy. Um, and obviously we know how you know how big Microsoft is and how much it, it grew 
um, from the early days. Uh, yeah, so he, he was really, you know, a part of this revolution that started back in the 1970s and 80s, which um, was, you know, pioneering uh, microcomputers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you say 1970s, you think, ah, oh, back then they didn't even bloody have computers, did they? But, yeah, they, that was when it was sort of kicked off, 70s, 80s, and then, you know, obviously towards the 2000s is when um, things sort of started started to uh, take off. Uh, Windows 98, actually, do remember that one. That was, um, oh, that's great. That mm. was a good platform. Some good but, memories there. Mm. Um, but interestingly enough, Sam, Microsoft, yes. I mean, you know, Where's the name come from? Is he, you know, he's uh, he's best known entrepreneur and pioneer of the microcomputer revolution, microcomputer, so meaning mm-hmm. small. So is he just really good at dealing with small things and soft things? <laughs> maybe, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's a good question. Well, microcomputer, maybe the, that's where the micro comes from. Soft, soft? Software? I don't know. Soft <laughs> I'm just having a punt there, but I don't know. Yeah, good question. Might have to um, send him a tweet or, or something. And mm. see uh, and see what yeah what the answer is but yeah um is not many people probably actually know his full name but uh, his full name is William Henry Gates the third is that right Terry? wow um yeah it is actually Sam well done wow um so William Henry Gates the third so yeah I didn't realize it was the third there mm, there was two more of him yep. I, I find that a little bit weird naming your son the same name as yourself like yeah. Mm. I mean, there's nothing better than the original, so I'm guessing. Wonder how good William Henry Gates the first was. Mm. Um, Very true. Yeah, interesting. So I guess it's Will, not Bill. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we'll call him Bill. Big Willie. Mm. Um, <laughs> Maybe for tax purposes, he's got two different names. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Being the yeah. largest bloody individual shareholder up until May 14. Well, you know, we all know what a shareholder is. I mean, mm. and, and being the largest one, so not only does he get the biggest piece of the pie in terms of profits, but he also has the largest amount of voting rights as yes. well for that particular company. So not only can he dictate what goes on, but he gets to sort of have that voting right to dictate how much profit he gets to make and, and pocket as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. He's yeah. laughing all the Definitely. way to the bank. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And over, from the period um, of '95 to all up, all the way up to 2017, um, he was actually the richest person in the world, according to Forbes, um, in all but Forbes. four of those um, years. So, yeah, pretty wealthy man um, over a long period of time. Um, but in October 2017, so you know, not not too long ago, um, he he was actually uh, overtaken by. Um, the Amazon founder and CEO, Jeff Bezos, um, or Bezos. I don't know how you like to pronounce mm. that one. but Well, aren't you, aren't you the pronunciation expert? So how would you say it? Well, I'd say Bezos, but uh, I do hear a few people saying uh, Bezos and, and a few other funky things, but I'm going to go with Bezos. Mm, I, I actually have to agree with you, Sam, there. I mean, it's spelled yep. B-E-Z-O-S, so yep. it's Bezos. Yeah, it could just be the Yankee accent, maybe Bezos. Mm. But anyway, um, so yeah, he uh, so at that stage in 2017, um, uh, good old Jeff there had a net worth of uh, what did he have a net worth of 90.6 billion dollars uh, compared to Gates, who um, had a measly 89.9 billion at that time. So yeah, he'd be spewing, uh, he'd be spewing Bill, wouldn't he? Yeah, I actually think it would. But, you know, luckily enough for Bill, all he had to do was take all his uh, recycling cans of Diet Coke to the, 
to the recycling place, and I reckon he would have just pipped him over to back back over to ninety point seven. Yeah, million. that's true. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Yeah, very good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd probably take it though. Second richest in the world. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't complain too much. But um, yeah, so currently um, his net worth is roughly around one hundred and thirteen. Um, a billion US dollars. So we're talking US dollars now too. That's uh, that's some crazy money. Um, Serious coin there. Yeah. I mean, we don't have live prices of what is, you know, kind of share portfolio or uh, shareholdings are worth, do we, Terry? But uh, that's uh, a rough estimate. Um, and yeah, that's that makes him the second wealthiest person in the world. Wowee. Um, all right. So since seizing his active duties with Microsoft, well, yeah, I mean, we all know he's the Microsoft, you know, head honcho, guru, whatever you want to call him. But what has he done since he sort of uh, stepped down and, and, you know, started, I guess, um, divest his largest individual shareholder stocks since May 14? What, what's he been getting up to? Um, so I guess later in his career, um, he's pursued another, uh, well, a number of philanthropic endeavors mm. so philanthropy is basically i guess you know spending money for the the goodwill and the good deeds mm. of society yeah so you know nothing nothing wrong when you're the second richest person currently in the mm -hmm. world to maybe you know splash out maybe a few hundred million here and there which is really like pocket change to all the rest of us just to help yep. out you know the world and the communities and whatever you know you have your interest in so yep. um so currently uh Gates, given that he's no longer having an active role in Microsoft, he's actually a technology advisor alongside the CEO, Satya Nadella of Microsoft. So am I pronouncing, um, Sat is it Satya? Yeah, I'd say Satya, Satya Nadella. Nadella, yeah. I'd say that's a good uh, good pronunciation for that one. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Nadella is um, it's actually Sunday in Macedonian. <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe it is Sunday in Macedonia. Yeah, wow. Good old Satya. Um, so, yeah, he's a technology advisor. So, basically, the role is right now is that he's just one of those advisors or consultants who, you know, is sort of independent to the company mm. and basically just um, gives his advice when need be and gets yep. called upon just to make and help make decisions. So, mm. I guess he's really in the box seat where, you know, he's in actually being in demand uh, yep. as opposed to him having to, you know, still be at the company with its day-to-day -day duties, I'm, I'm sure he's mm. done enough there to, to call it a day. But obviously, yep. when you get this successful and you get this rich, um, I wonder retirement's what, never in sight. I wonder what kind of hourly rate is uh, charging Microsoft there. What do you reckon? Maybe well, grand you know, an hour? Yeah, you'd think so. But <laughs> given that he's got a lot of these uh, philanthropic endeavors, surely mm. he'd be doing it free of charge. Or maybe, oh, maybe. maybe a couple of cans of Diet Coke, probably. Yep, mm. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Anyway, so he has been, or he has given sizable amounts of money to various charitable organizations and scientific research programs through his created Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And obviously, there's no um, no surprise that Melinda, as part of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, is actually his wife, mm -hmm. um, Melinda Gates. Um, and, you know, what a last she is, not only taking his last name, but taking half his coin too. So um, I'm sure she's a babe and... She maybe cooks a, a mean pot roast mm. um, on a nice scrumptious Wednesday evening. Um, it's a bit chilly outside and got the fireplace cranking. You know, uh, Bill's, feeling, Bill's feeling a bit happy after sinking a few Diet Cokes. And he's thinking, oh, I'm going to have a funky one tonight. 
<laughs> I reckon he's uh, pretty smart. He's probably got a uh, prenup as well, old Bill. Yep. Well, I mean, it'd be silly not to, but I guess if she's in for the long run, um, mm. and she somehow knows how to magically open up Bill's gate, if you know <laughs> what I mean. And uh, I think that's the way to get to his heart. Yep. So, yeah, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is reported to actually be the world's largest private charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a big, bit of an interesting one there. And in 2009, Gates and the investor tycoon Warren Buffett actually founded another sort of charity organization called the Giving Pledge. And this Giving Pledge organization actually um, – is in conjunction with other billionaires, and they pledge to give at least half of their wealth to philanthropy. Mm, mm. Wow. So huh. I don't know if that's in writing or not, Sam, but mm-hmm. okay, I guess talk is cheap and yeah. action speaks louder than words. Whether that's going to happen or not or whether it already has happened or not, we don't know. But mm-hmm. um, just to have these sort of things in mind, I guess it's a, it's a good deed. And you know what? He's painting himself a nice picture there, isn't he, Bill? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Partnering up with uh, another billionaire, there, um, Warren Buffett, um, who uh-huh. is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway in the, in the US, one of the biggest funds um, going around. And just a fun fact there as well, um, the share price of Berkshire Hathaway, who uh, Warren Buffett sort of controls, is uh, over three hundred thousand US dollars per share. Um, so he he's, uh, he knows what you know the dollar signs look like. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to see that they're uh, you know giving uh, giving something back to the community as well, Terry. Um, not just you know buying super yachts and buying private islands and private jets. So no, nah, it's good to see that they're doing that. Mm. And just another one, little fun fact for everyone there is uh, Warren Buffett actually drinks five cans of Coke a day. Yeah. So yeah. this is um, you know it's a similarity to Bill Gates drinking three or four cans of mm. Diet Coke. I mean. Warren, is, uh, he's gone to that next level and yeah. he's drinking the uh, full sugared Coke. Yeah. Um, uh, there are some rumors saying that he's actually switched over to Pepsi. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's in a sponsorship deal or not. Um, I guess I don't really study people's drinking habits, but I actually mm. might start doing that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah um, given that two big wealthy billionaires are drinking Coke, mm. makes me scratch my head whether I should start bloody drinking the stuff. Yeah, maybe we, maybe that's the key to success. We have to drink a few cans a day, Terry. Maybe that's what we're missing out on. Mm. Well, it does give you that caffeine boost, which is a stimulant, True. and yep. uh, gives you that alertness maybe to, I guess, gauge a good old stock or to see mm. how good some software is and engineering program. But True. yeah, what about all the uh, health detrimental anti-benefits mm. in the liquid? Mm, not good sure. Point. Well, Let's jump on to some fun facts, shall we, Terry? This is uh, where we really, you know, throw some exciting facts out to the listeners. Yes, this is probably one of those segments where the listeners really, like, lick their lips and, you know, they, I guess, wet the whistle a little bit. Let me just do the same way. Hang on. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, so just wet the whistle there just for this fun fact segment. It's really good. I mean, it's just, it sort of lightens the mood. Um, and we're just going to maybe tell you a, f- a thing or two or three about, you know, certain individuals or places or whatever. This time it's going to be Bill Gates or, you know, if you want to be, uh, I guess, formal, William Henry Gates the III. Mm-hmm. Um, just a few things that maybe you didn't know about him. So how about you, Mr. Sam, start yes. her off? Yes, we will do. Um, so like a lot of other tech entrepreneurs, Gates was actually a college dropout, um, which, you know, it's pretty – 
it's pretty interesting because you think, oh, these guys are uh, all switched on. They should, you know, they probably got a very good, um, uh, I don't know, GPA and whatever. They got good grades and and uh, know what they're talking about. But um, yeah, so Bill actually left Harvard University in 1975 um, because he just wanted to fully devote himself to uh, Microsoft. So um, that being said, probably a good call. Terry? Yeah, big time. And you know what, Sam? It's really a going against the grain here what Bill Gates has actually done. Mm. Drinks, you know, three, four you know, cans of Coke a day, yep. doesn't actually finish university. It's exactly yeah. the opposite of what we're getting told to do. Is That's that another conspiracy in itself? Like, are we just a product of, you know, the system of mm. what the government wants us to do? Are we just in one little ant farm? and just being controlled and manipulated, saying this is the right way to do it. This is what's good for you. This yep. is how you're going to get to those places. This guy has done what the fuck he wants, and look where look where he's got. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point, maybe. Uh, he's got a missus that makes him a pot roast, yep. opens up his gate when he wants to. He's the uh, second richest man in the world. Yep. And he's that bored, he started a charitable organization that he's going to give half of it to, and, and still half yeah. of what he has is still more than all the population combined, bar maybe half a percent. Yep, very, very true, yeah. That's a good point. I don't know, maybe we are just robots, Terry, and just getting programmed uh, a certain way, and you know, guys like this just uh, go off the rails, drink Coke, and somehow make billions. Um, if only it was that easy, though. Uh, another fun fact as well, um, so Gates was once arrested uh, in New Mexico, so <laughs> to add to his uh, you know list of traits there is he's a convicted criminal no maybe not convicted but he um yeah he was arrested in 1977 um wow. a while back um and it was because he was driving without a license um and also ran a red light so it seems like he you know lives life on the edge uh, old mm. bill bit of a hooligan there um, yeah good old uh, bill yep billy what, else, easy, mate. what about you terry what do you got for us let's uh, let's return that ball back in your court well sam like I mean, for me, like I like to splurge a little bit on on weekends. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I like to maintain a reasonably healthy diet during the week. But then on weekends, you know, if you sort of pop up with a couple of, you know, um, couple of little chocolate bars, Snickers is my favourite, or like a nice, you know, delicious and creamy bowl of ice cream. Yeah, mm. or or a gelati if you happen to be by nearby the beach. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Like I like to splurge a little bit on weekends. You know, you you've worked hard and it's you know, treat yourself. Why not? Mm. Um. But with Bill Gates, well, what does he actually like to splurge on? Um. So up until 1997, and at this point he was already a billion at that point. He actually still used to fly in economy, Jeez. or as the Americans call it, coach. Coach. Yeah. Um. And so now he has his own plane, of course, and you'd expect that. But uh, back before 97, he actually used to – oh, sorry, at right, right now, he actually calls his own plane a big splurge. Mm. Well, given the amount of money this guy's got, <laughs> if you sort of change. equate that to me, having, a, have his, having his own plane is like me buying, you know, a three-litre tub of ice cream to myself. <laughs> that's, yeah, it. That's, 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 probably a, that's probably the direct equivalent. Yep. Yeah, and I'm thinking, gee, that's a big splurge for me. Mm. And then this guy here, yeah, have your own plane. Sounds like he's a bit of a tight ass, to be honest, Terry. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't checked his uh, anus. So <laughs> I don't know how tight it actually is. But, um, I mean, if you want to do that or inquire, or by all means, Sam, you go ahead and do it. Um, speaking of splurges, what's your splurge, Sam? Um, ooh, ooh, how, about, how about this? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite 
ice cream flavor? Favorite ice cream flavor? If we're talking just normal ice cream, I think vanilla is just a nice plain, just go to, can't go wrong. Um, yeah, but if we're talking gelatis, then yeah, we open up a different can of worms and there's a fair. Well, say, say we're talking gelatis because vanilla oh. sounds like a shit answer. Yeah, sorry about that. It's a bit, a bit plain and vanilla, that answer. Um, oh, I do enjoy a bit of a, you know, Nutella maybe or, mm. um, yeah, something hazelnut is, is good. You know, there's a, there's a fair few on the list. Bachi. Yeah, Bachi is very nice as well. Um, yeah, that's uh, – what about you, Terry? What's yours? Yeah, I do love a good hazelnut gelati. Um, yep. You know what? I don't mind a good, mean, well-done cookies and cream where they use yeah. proper cookies. Um mm. None of that Oreo shit. Like Oreos are great, but like when a, an ice cream is done with cookies and cream, it's just yes. ooh. Yeah. actually salted caramel is another one. But anyway, let's uh, continue. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. Um, so um, yes, uh, obviously Bill Gates is a very wealthy man. We know that his um, his worth, you know, over a hundred billion at the moment. Um, but his his saying, I don't know if this is legit. I'm I'm a bit suspicious. But he's saying that his kids will only inherit ten million. We say only. He will only they will only inherit ten million dollars each. Now, That's I know we're saying only yeah only ten million. I mean, I'd be happy with bloody you know a fraction of that anyway. But um, he's got over a hundred billion, and he reckons he's only leaving them with ten million now. What is he going to do with the rest of that money, Terry? You tell me. Well, you know, I'm just doing the math there, Sam. Mm-hmm. So he's actually le- – say he's worth $100 billion, yeah. which he is. He's probably worth more than that right now. Yeah, yeah. He's leaving his kids 0.01% <laughs> of his wealth each. Wow. That's... What are you doing with the rest of it? All right, yeah, you said you're giving half to philanthropy and charities and all that. Yeah. And then what are you doing with the other half? Like you're just going to piss it away. Yeah, that's very odd. You, you couldn't You've even got... spend that if you tried. Don't you work hard not only for yourself but then to set up your family? Yes. For future generations. So every other lineal, I guess, mm. descendant would never have to worry about money for the rest of their life. All right, yeah, money right. is the root of all evil. Yeah. But if you've got so much of it, well, why not just put them in these, um, I guess, time-sensitive trusts where yes. none of the kids yeah. or descendants get them until they're 40. So they still, mm. have, they, are still, they still know the value of a dollar. And while, right. they're for, while they're 40, well, they, their head's half screwed on and they're mature at that point. Yeah. That, that'd be my um, sort of logic of what I'd do. I'd probably set up yeah. something and none of my grandchildren or anyone below that and after that can't touch it till they're, say, after mm. 30. Yeah. No, I'm not even right. 30 yet and I reckon I'm probably mature. Like if people <laughs> wants to give me 10 mil, I'll take it. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, very odd though. I, I, I mean, maybe just reinforces the uh, idea that he is a tight ass. Mm. Well, actually, Bill says, Sam, that leaving kids massive amounts of money is not a favor to them. Mm. So I can understand that perspective of how yeah. money yeah. creates problems. Like as Biggie Smalls once said, "Mo money, mo problems." Um, <laughs> song. Yeah, great song. Yeah, uh, we'd love to have it on in the background, but you know, we, mm. there's some copyright issues that we're having um, with certain media platforms. Uh, yep. Definitely not Spotify. We really enjoy what they've done for us. So. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's a good point actually. Yeah, it, it can cause a bit of um, havoc if you do uh, leave a lot of money to kids. But then again, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Terry, just maybe sort of drip feeding it to them, or you know, um, leaving it to them after a certain age is is probably a smarter thing to do. But hey, it's I guess it's Bill's money. He's earned it. He's uh, you know built his empire. He can do what he wants with it. If he wants to flush it down the toilet after, then so be it. 
Mm. I mean, who the hell are you to decide what he does with his own money, Sam? Yeah, that's a good good point. Yeah, just a pissant from Adelaide. Mm. Correct. In a, in a pissant town. Anyway, um, so a lot of people are wondering what Bill Gates was like as a boss back in the early days of Microsoft before you know. Um, I guess when he was still micromanaging his employees and, you know, before he was, I'm guessing, a lot more hands-on to what he was towards the end of his days. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how full-on he was. Gates used to memorize his employees' license plates to keep tabs on their comings and goings. Mm. He actually then said at the end, um, in hindsight, he goes, eventually I had to loosen up as the company got to a reasonable size. Jeez, how many number plates was he... uh, (laughs) I guess memorizing. And what about those alphanumeric number plates where it's like alpha, yeah. numeric, and then alpha again? Shut yeah. bloody hell. Like, there's a fair few combinations there. Yeah, um, very true. Jeez, you must but, have a good yeah, memory. Definitely does. And yeah, um, what a surprise that is. Um, yeah, I guess he had to loosen up. Yep. Um, yeah, wowee, that's, that's full on. But yeah, I wonder, well, it doesn't really give us too much with all our investigation and our research as to what he was behind closed doors as a boss. But, I mean, to really be nosy about the comings and goings of uh, your employees, you you really probably, um, maybe that's uh, the tight ass he is there coming yeah. out again, Sam, uh, really trying to squeeze a dollar out of all of his employees and getting them working at the very minimum, the yep. minimum hours um, required or what he's paying them for. Spot so, on. Yeah, yeah I don't think them sneaking off an early minute or mm-hmm. rocking up late. I mean, it's yeah. probably nothing worse than having employees rocking up late. Punctuality is yeah. um, a big thing, I would yeah. think. Yep. Yeah, spot on. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of wealthy people are um, are tight ices, Really, that's how they become wealthy, I guess. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's looking that way. Um, now, uh, just to, just another fun uh, fact as well. Um, Bill says uh, that he reads 50 books a year, um, and he says that uh, reading is, is still the main way that he he uh, learns new things and tests his understanding. So, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive, 50 books a year. But, I mean, yeah, but you think he'd have a bit of spare time, doesn't really have to do a lot of work anymore. Um, maybe back when he was... Uh, you know, CEO and, and sort of building up Microsoft. I don't think it'd be he would have been reading 50 books a year, but um, yeah, at the moment he's uh, you know just really uh, really boosting his knowledge. So yeah, that's it's um, yeah pretty pretty impressive. That's massive. Um, 50 books a year, like what a bookworm, really. Mm. Seriously. Um, wow. Wait. How about this? Moving on, Sam. Yes. Gates predicted uh, in 2004. That within two thousand, with, sorry, within two years, email spam would be obliterated. What an inaccurate prediction that was. Yeah, that we definitely are, was. We are now in two thousand and twenty, uh-huh. and spam has not gone away. If anything, it's gotten stronger. Definitely. Yep. Wow. Um, and actually, a, an email spam that I received today is <laughs> a little bit kinky. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was asking me if I'd like to engage in sexual intercourse because <laughs> this particular sender um, really wanted to write it and jump on top. Um, look, I, I looked at this email at 9.03 a.m. this morning mm. whilst sipping on my cup of coffee. Um, yeah. It was actually a double shot espresso long black. Mm, delicious. And I drank it out of my Turning Stones mug. Mm-hmm. Hit us up at Turnstones Pod if you want one. Um, and... As I was drinking that delicious cup of coffee, I sort of nearly spat it out on my screen when I seen mm. that in not only surprise, 
but I was a bit a bit enlightened. I was a bit mm. yeah, the juices were flowing. Let's just say. Well, that's what happens. A bit of morning glory you, potentially. When you give your email uh, address out to your Tinder dates, that's what happens, I guess. Uh, mate, I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't do that sort of stuff. Um, I try to keep it low key, and yeah, who I frequent with is none of your business, mate. <laughs> But yeah, that's um that's interesting how he just made such a bold prediction and got it so wrong. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, he's got no idea, Bill. Nah. Um, so just another another one. We we'll continue on. Um, so Gates, uh, he earned an honorary degree from Harvard in two thousand seven, um, which was thirty two years after dropping out. Which is that. That really grinds my gears, Terry. How can you get a, an honorary degree from Harvard and you've dropped out? What's that? Yeah, you know, it's a load of shit, Sam. I'll tell yeah. you why. Because Harvard now want to buy into the whole Bill Gates success story. They're yeah. thinking, oh, he was, a high, he was a Harvard dropout, but hang on. Yeah. We want to cover that story up and just say, mm. oh, look how, look how good he's gone and look yeah. how successful he's become. Yeah. And we'll just sort of cling on to that. Mm. It's like a flight of shit. Yeah, that's, that's what Harvard's actually become, a flight yeah. of its herd. Yeah, it's just yeah, good. Good on you, Harvard. Like, yeah, you're really reputable. Um, not only yeah, allowing a dropout to sort of mm. take over the world and um, you know, basically change the landscape of computing. Yeah. Um, and basically change pretty much. If you've worked in an office, Bill Gates has changed your life with yes. Excel and all this other crap that goes on with Microsoft. And you're now like latching on to his success just yeah. to make yourself look better. I don't like that, to be honest. No. With you. And how do you get an honorary degree when you actually haven't finished? Yeah, exactly. It's pathetic. It's uh, yeah, it's like he just probably enrolled in uh, one semester and probably didn't even show up for any lectures or shoots and just uh, yeah, just pissed off. And then uh, Harvard just wants a bit of that uh, Microsoft pie by the sounds of it. Um, well, that's just like right now, Sam. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation giving us honorary mentions. Yeah, at, yeah, at the Aria Awards. Hmm. Wouldn't mind that though. We'll take it. Like I, I have not done a lick of, um, I guess, study in regards to media or no. you know radio or anything like that or, or podcasting. No. But you know, I mean, if you're going to give honorary degrees to someone that dropped out, well, mm. give us one. Yeah. Flick us one. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's finish off these uh, fun facts. So, oh, back so to fun. Yeah, they're just enjoyable. Um, back to some uh, a few more of Bill's well beliefs or predictions maybe. Um, so he reckons that telemarketers, accountants, auditors, and retail salespeople will all become abs- obsolete. Sorry, in wow. twenty years as robots take over their jobs. Now that's that's really rubbing us up the wrong way, Terry. He's basically saying you and I are not going to have jobs. In 20 years, well, hopefully I'm not bloody working by then, but probably will be. But um, yeah, that's. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think I think he's full of shit again. Um, I, I think Bill's got to probably maybe stop making these bold predictions because <laughs> he's just getting them so wrong. Yeah. And yep. you know, especially accountants, like how can you say that our um, our occupation will become obsolete? Yeah, you know mm. what? Maybe tax accountants potentially, where it can be become fully automated, where you know. If you're getting paid electronically, that can then integrate to a you know tax office system, and yep. then they can then just process that and gen- generate what tax you have to pay. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. But there's a lot more to accounting than just tax. That is yeah. like one little grain of sand mm-hmm. on a really sandy beach. 
Let's just have big the world of accounting is. And, and and for all of you out there thinking, what do accountants do other than tax? Well, you know, we not only communicate financial data to mm -hmm. relevant stakeholders and users within organizations, um, yep. whether they're internal or external, but we can actually translate this data. We're like, business is like a language, guys. <laughs> not everyone understands it or knows how to speak it. But the best people and the most fluent in business are accountants. Mm. So we help translate that data to tell you what it means. Mm. Spot on, Terry. That's a great spill. Us chartered accountants know what we're doing. Just yeah, and, and you know what? Who, who's there to verify the data as well? So, all right, yeah, it's yeah. all well and good how to translate it. Yeah. But then how do we know if that data is even correct to, to begin with? Mm. You have yes. to verify it. Good point. Mm. And, and we can do that too. Yep. All right, final uh, fun fact, Terry. What have we got? All right. So Bill Gates, his estate where he lives – it's actually in Washington, of course, where he was born. Mm -hmm. it took seven years and sixty-three million dollars to build. So he's only given his kids ten million dollars each, but yeah, he's <laughs> he's happy to spend sixty-three million to build this estate. Wow. And it took seven years to build. It's actually sixty-six thousand square foot in size, and you know I've just done some comparisons. What is that big? Mm. Um, it's actually as big as it's actually bigger than a American NFL football field. Jeez. It's about as big as the White House in Washington, D.C. So maybe thinking, oh, well, mm. I'm probably richer than the American government. I should actually build yeah. my headquarters bigger than them. Right. Who's to say he's actually not running the bloody country and yeah, the world with all that wealth? Anyway, um, there's about half a million board feet of lumber or wood mm -hmm. um, that went into the construction. Jeez. Um, it actually features a trampoline room with a 20-foot ceiling. <laughs> That's wow. a bit weird. Trampoline room. I mean, how much does he love jumping, that bloke? Mm. Yeah, right. That's, that's a very unusual uh, little quirk to... Um, that's weird, yeah. Yeah, to Bill. I mean, I could think of a few other rooms that I'd have before a trampoline room. Like, you mm. might have a door pool or, a, you know, home theatre. Yeah. Um, maybe, yes. like, a, you could even emulate your favourite pub in the world and have, like, a yeah. pub bar room. That's true. Have all like, these nice wines and whiskeys and... Yep. Uh, vodkas and on on the, on the shelf. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, you could even have a cigar room lounge for the boys. Yeah, nice. That'd be cool. He's got a trampoline room. Yeah, that's weird. Sounds like yeah, it's fun. Um, he also has a reception hall to accommodate up to two hundred guests. <laughs> the wow. house has twenty four bathrooms, six kitchens, and much much more. Wow, wow. that's, that's crazy. Massive. But um, 24 bathrooms, Sam. I mean, you yeah. mentioned before he's got a tight ass. So, <laughs> I mean, if he has some constipation issues, I guess he could probably use one different bathroom for each yeah, bowel movement he has. <laughs> Good point. how much damage he does in that uh, particular bowl. Jeez, I reckon he get bloody lost in his own house there. He'd probably need mm -hmm. uh, uh, Google Maps maybe uh, on getting around his house. I'm not too sure if he's fond of Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Right, his own uh, Microsoft map. Yeah. Um, but twenty, but six kitchens as well. Yeah, that's wow. pretty cool. Could yeah. Get a few feasts going. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe he's got five of the misses and he can just send them all to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I was oh. gonna say all different cuisines, but yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Well, we're not chauvinistic here on Turning Stones, but maybe Bill Gates is. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, um, sixty-six thousand square feet. Crazy. Um, 
So do you know what that is in meters, Sam? Uh, no, I don't, do you? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Yes, it's actually 6,131 square meters, and that is just geez. a shit ton of area. Wow, that's like a whole block. Um, well, no, I've just told you what the comparisons are. It's the equivalent of the White House or one and one-tenth as big as a football field. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, field. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so it's massive. Yeah. But, uh, there's some fun facts. I mean, look, put it this way. In hindsight, I don't know how fun they were. Um, they were interesting. Um, but I guess Bill Gates might not be a fun bloke. But then again, you know, it's a bit in, contrary to that is he's got a trampoline room. So yeah, yeah, right. if you're listening, uh, <laughs> Billy um, or Will, invite us over for a jump. <laughs> All right. Let, let's, uh, let's pack those away now. Let, let's pack the fun away. But we're going to open up another can of worms here, Terry. Um, conspiracies uh, with Bill Gates and COVID-19. We've heard a few, I don't know, there's been a few, you know, floating around on social media and in the news and, I don't know, a few articles, Terry. Um, now, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I, I personally read into these, but it's good to go over them. And, you know, some of them are, are pretty, you know, realistic and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna cover a few of those so first of all we've got a um a theory here uh terry that that bill gates planned to use a potential vaccine for COVID 19 to implant microchips in billions of people to monitor their movements well wow. so it's it's a big accusation to make um and it yes, sounds it like a bit of a you know sci-fi movie or um some kind of you know uh movie sick joke but, yeah sick joke yeah but i mean i don't know i guess it would be beneficial to maybe you know governments and and uh, other organizations if we were all trapped maybe um then again you think you know i've got an iphone you've got a, you know, a smartphone or whatever kind of phone you got pretty uh, certain that you know you'll be tracked via that anyway so it doesn't really matter well, Sam, interestingly, you said we just talked about him maybe getting lost in his own house and you saying him referring to Google Maps. Well, who's to say that he might not just use this potential vaccine and, and put a microchip in people to then maybe develop some sort of Microsoft mapping system mm. or to then, I guess, assist and, I guess, maybe help the governments sort of locate where their citizens are at any given point in time? Yeah. Um, because knowledge is power mm. and with power – well, you can control the world. And how beneficial would it be for some certain figureheads in the government to know where every single person is and yep. make them accountable? Um, Very true. So, right? look, yeah, <clears throat> I, I don't know, but this is what's going to fuel this conspiracy theory, Sam. Yes, yeah, it is. Is the fact that a vaccine will eventually come. Yep. Right? And it's going to make it a bit more suspect to me personally is if the government start forcing these vaccines on citizens yep. and they're going to make it in a way where they're going to say, look, if you'd like to return back to normal life, you must um, take the vaccine. So yes, basically, yeah. no jab, no play. Yep. And almost in another respect, basically saying, yeah, you cannot attend public sporting events, for example, without being vaccinated. Mm. You can't travel internationally. Yep without being vaccinated. They're going to start making these mandatory, I guess, rules to say what you can and can't do if yeah. you've been vaccinated or if you haven't. Yeah. So imagine the government starts making it mandatory. What, what are the anti-vaxxers going to say? 
Yeah, well. Then, then you're going to get these, you know, nice little philanthropists <laughs> like Bill Gates over there saying, no, look how good we've done in the world. We've developed a lot of wealth. We're not giving too much to our children. We're really, you know, splashing the cash on research labs um, for, you know, illnesses around the world. And, of course, now COVID-19 is the flavor of the month or if yep. not the flavor of the year. Yeah, and uh, we're going to pump a lot of money into getting a vaccine. Who's mm-hmm. to say it has already been created and now they're just thinking, oh, let's just put some test runs and see if these microchips work in people and not kill them. Because uh, eventually, I guess, we need they need us to die mm. um, yep. for population control, but also they do need us to live for a certain amount of time as well to, um, I guess, be another cog in the gear or yep. a gear in the, in, in the machine. Yep. And, um, you know, I guess, generate some tax revenues and, I guess, be a product of the system and contribute to society. And then once it's time to retire, well, that's when they probably want us to flick off and piss off. Mm. Yes, true, true. Um, very very true. Um, but, yeah, I guess you could just question all day what else they could sort of put in the vaccine as well then. Um, mm. if that, you know, if you're thinking some kind of tracking device. But, you know, I don't know. What else could they put in there? They, you know, like you said, they could put something in there that uh, reduces the life expectancy of humans. I, I don't know, maybe. Well, you know, interestingly enough as well, Sam, is that why does the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have such a fascination mm. about COVID-19 only? Is it because it's so popular and he thought, oh, let's just go with what the people want at this point in time? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not about what the people want because sometimes yeah. the people don't know what they want probably. Yeah, yeah. Like they, sure. they actually don't know what's best for them. Maybe we should still be focusing on other long-term health issues mm-hmm. um, and diseases that are out there. But yes. yet when like we're putting so many resources into just COVID, but once COVID is solved, yes, it's going to be interesting how we're going to deal with all these other illnesses that still go on behind the scenes. Like, yeah. People still dying of cancers and heart attacks and all that, but yet you don't hear of that anymore, do you? All no, you hear yeah. about these days is active cases mm-hmm. and basically deaths through COVID. Yeah, no, so very true. It's a lot of shit. Like we're, they're really fudging the numbers and they're just manipulating yeah. the data yeah. to what suits them. Yeah. Um, and now if people are thinking, oh, how good is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation just putting so much money to a vaccine? Well, A, we haven't got one yet, yeah. and B... What are they putting in it, you ask? Well, yeah. if it was up to me, you know, I'd put a bit of a sprinkle of Milo in there. I mean, when I was having Milo with milk as a kid, that gave me the boost that I needed to yeah. get to where I am today and being able to not only translate and verify financial data, but to also benefit the client and also you listeners at home. Stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Good point. Um, yeah, you're right, though. Like cancer, you know, you, you ask any person um, that you know and, and in some way, or, you know, there's some connection that they'd have with someone who has faced, you know, cancer or, um, you know, beat cancer or had a, a family member even pass away of cancer. But yet, you know, you go and ask anyone within your group of, you know, friends, colleagues or whatever, if they've had anyone who's contracted COVID-19 and almost guarantee you'd say probably no. So it's like, well, you know, you're directly getting affected by things like cancer um, and, and, you know, friends and family are getting affected by it. And yeah, like you said, we're just sort of neglecting it now and just getting put to the, um, to the side and, you know, charities, probably cancer foundations and things like that, probably, um, struggling now with, uh, donations because people are probably just worrying about COVID at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And people yeah. are in financial distress as it is, and the last yeah. thing they're going to do is probably donate to a charity. And yeah. if they're probably going to donate to any of them, well, you'd probably think and lean towards that they're going to donate towards a COVID charity or someone that is affiliated yeah. with, um, I guess, trying to find a COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, so that's right. very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Bill and the Melinda Gates Foundation, basically headed by Bill Gates, um, are very interested in COVID, mm-hmm. and they are splashing a lot more cash towards it and neglecting other sort of commitments that they've had to, yep. I guess, quicken the process. But the, pre- the other question is, Sam, what happens if we rush get, having a COVID-19 vaccine? What happens if we rush it? What, what actually could be the problem out of that? Could it be detrimental? Mm, well, of course it could be. Um, I mean, we, we, of course, there, there's testing going on and things like that. We've spoken about um, COVID vaccines before here on the uh, on the TSP. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if we're not looking at the long term things like you know, um, early onset dementia, mental disorders, like real long term stuff, we we don't know. Um, you look at like things like I know it's not a, um, a, a medical product or anything that you take uh, intentionally, but uh, things like asbestos, like dust you inhale from asbestos, you can you can 60 years down the track get you know um, asbestosis in your lungs and and die of that. So that's a long time down the track. How are it's we actually te- it's actually technically called mesothelioma. Oh, okay, whatever it's called. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> If you, yeah, you know, you look at things like that. How are you going to test that long term in the in the future and see what this, um, you know, what the effects of this uh, so-called vaccine is gonna is gonna have on us? So yeah, I agree, Terry. It's it's a bit of unknown, a bit of an unknown. But at the same time, for us to go back to you know our regular way of living and uh, for you know you to be able to go travel to the US or to um, Europe, you're going to have to probably get one of these jabs. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and sit at home and stay, you know, in your home uh, state and, and country and say, no, nah, I'm not going to take it. Or are you just going to get the jab and, and uh, get on the plane? Not telling. <laughs> but anyway, um, mate, a very good point you make there, Sam. A short-term solution in, I guess, rectifying the COVID problem could lead to a permanent long-term health issues for those that get those initial jabs. And with all vaccines, new strains of the disease may evolve, but they also improve the vaccines as the life of, I guess, COVID does exist. So a vaccine made today won't be as good as the vaccine in 10 years' time. And I'm of the belief that COVID's going to be around for the rest of our lives, that's for sure, just like the influenza is. Um, So, you know, your normal flu shots that everyone sort of takes or those that like to take during winter, Mm -hmm. who's to say now going forward it's going to be a, a double shot? Um, so I take double shots every morning of, of espresso of coffee, but now it's going to be every winter. Yeah. Make sure you get your flu shot and your COVID shot. And Mm. and our kids growing up are just going to be like, oh yeah, that's the new norm. Yeah. True. Imagine what our grandparents thought when they started saying, oh, we have this thing called a flu shot. Yeah. True. But the problem is they probably would have sold it to them so well back then with the limited amount of information that they had and have smartphones at their disposal. They could quickly read up on, you know, what is involved in a vaccine and the risks of a vaccine. They probably didn't know what vaccine meant. No. And of course, they didn't have, you know, really good um, ear candy and audio, such as Turning Stones podcast, as well (laughs) to give them and enlighten them of certain things and just maybe being a bit of a devil's advocate and looking at things a different way. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's an ever-evolving beast. Um, 
But yeah, I'm not too sure what's going to happen. But let's just say this, guys. Bill Gates and his foundation are heavily involved in the COVID-19 vaccine. And of course, there's going to be conspiracies surrounding that. Mm -hmm. Initially, Sam, you said there was one conspiracy to say that maybe this vaccine that he's heavily investing into could implant microchips in billions Mm -hmm. of people. Well, there's another one saying that in conjunction with those microchips, it could actually work with the new 5G mobile technology. Jeez, Which man. sounds a bit bizarre, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I've heard a few rumblings and whispers about 5G, and they're starting to get louder and louder. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't been fully rolled out yet, but I guess if uh, we've all got tumours in 10 years' time, we all sort of know what the reason is. Yeah, but any, I think the problem is these days as well, Terry, any peanut with a bloody smartphone and social media can go and start some kind of uh, conspiracy like this 5G one. I, I don't know. I don't buy into it. It's... What's the difference between 5G and 4G? I mean, yeah, well, 5G is a lot stronger signal apparently, um, mm. less less range or something like that. But honestly, I, I don't know. It's it, I think that's maybe another a, a topic we might need to look a bit further into, and maybe you know, um, maybe give the listeners a whole episode on that conspiracy theory in itself because. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's, that's probably a good one. I, I agree with that. Um, we might even give you know the listeners a nice little special 15, 20-minute episode about 5G and just really cover yeah. up what is 5G and mm. the differences and so on and so forth. Yep. Stay tuned. Um, do you reckon, given that Gates has got such a heavy interest and investment in the vaccine and the virus, um, mm-hmm. do you reckon it's for his own self-interest, Sam? Mm. He's donating and spending lots of money on vaccines yep. and treatment efforts. Um, and he said he's actually donating up to 100 million, which is a shitload of money. Yes. Um, do you reckon potentially maybe he didn't create COVID or the vaccine is legit, but do you reckon he's really getting into this space to profit once a proven and working vaccine has been created? So he's mm. looking at the dollar value again, yeah. once again. Uh- I think, um, yeah, I think that's probably the more realistic uh, <clears throat> conspiracy theory there, or if it's conspiracy, it might, might be legit. But, yeah, that, that probably makes a bit more sense. Um, he's thinking financially this is a great opportunity to get into it. <clears throat> um, and who knows? We, we don't know what his, um, uh, what his share portfolio looks like. He could be a major shareholder in some pharmaceutical company that is, is developing it in conjunction with, you know, whoever – um, and we just don't know because he's, you know, he's a shareholder here, there, and everywhere. He's probably got money, you know, invested in a lot of places. Um, so he's probably benefiting in more than uh, one way by being involved in it, um, and also getting some publicity in the meantime. You know, COVID nineteen is a pretty hot topic um, at the moment, and has been for you know almost a year now. So he's probably getting a bit of publicity, and and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to profit um you could basically put whatever price tag you want on a, a vaccine and i'm sure governments would pay for it uh, for their citizens so hey usa uh, printing plenty of money why not print a you know a few more trillion well put it this way sam there's about seven and a half billion people in the world right yep. and if you charge them all a dollar for a vaccine <laughs> yeah it's an extra seven and a half billion and i'm guessing it's not going to be a dollar guys that's for sure no no definitely but not. um you know if he wanted to be real nice he could probably divvy up his 100 billion dollar portfolio mm. to all of us seven and a half billion people in the world and that'll actually work out to 13 dollars 30 for each person oh, wow. imagine receiving a 13 dollars 30 check in the mail <clears throat> with bill gates name oh, that'd be great yeah and he just goes broke and we all just 13 dollars 30 richer yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> mm. um, Interesting. Yes. 
So, um, yeah, the Gout, uh, Gout's, Gates Foundation um, also invests in many uh, non-profit enterprises um, to grow assets for further investment. So, um, yeah, this kind of strategy is, is shared across uh, large foundations. It's sort of like, you know, they're looking, they're looking good on the face of it, like, you know, everyone... Uh, or to the public, they're looking good because they're, you know, setting up these uh, foundations and and whatnot. Um, but even yeah, places like university foundation, sorry, organisations like universities um, also do do this. And it's sort of, uh, you know, you might get the idea that it could be a bit of a tax haven or a money making scheme. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, these kind of, you know, obviously billionaires and and wealthy um, wealthy people have a bit of a, a knack for finding tax havens. Um, they do. Yeah. You look whether, at the, whether whether it's domiciling themselves in another country. That's right. Yeah. Jurisdiction where there's a no or 0% income tax rate yep. or just creating these, I guess, uh, non-for-profit entities and enterprises that actually don't get assessed at taxation. So, for example, a charity or a non-for-profit, a registered charity as well and a non-for-profit in Australia mm. um, does not pay income tax. Yes. So, there is maybe some self-interest in that respect as well, thinking mm, Microsoft, well, mm, the tax bill is just too much, but uh, I'm going to divest my you know, investment in, in, in Microsoft, but I'm going to then transfer that into a entity that pays 0% tax. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think it will be a problem for people like that because they'll, um, yeah, they'll manage to manipulate the system and, and uh, do whatever they want. Um, you know, we saw things like... Uh, the incident like the Panama Papers where, you know, there was millions of documents that were released with uh, pretty high-profile names on there who were, you know, laundering a bit of money in offshore accounts and this and that. So, I mean, what, why wouldn't a charity be able to do the same thing? And I think uh, they get pretty creative, these these billionaires, Terry. So, And they got the money to get the advisors on board as well. So I think yep. uh, it's a possibility. Well, you know what? Once again, it's just all about creative accounting and, you know, mm. him thinking that, you know, this particular profession is going to be obsolete. Well, who better to, I guess, help launder money and basically, you know, save in your bottom line in tax yep. than your trusty old accountant down the road, but making sure that they're a chartered accountant, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We only trust chartered accountants. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, again, Bill Gates and, you know, his foundation and everything uh, surrounding him in the COVID-19 situation is a bit fishy. Um, in my opinion, but um, yeah, do we think it's a conspiracy? Well, there's a, there's a couple that we've mentioned that sort of sound legit. Terry, what do you reckon? Yeah, just before we really get to that question, um, just really still worrying whether the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are neglecting other areas of health. That, that to me is just like the real area of concern, yep. um, having so much of an investment into COVID. And as you've just mentioned with, you know, the cancer deaths and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all that's, you know, they are still going to happen. That We are still going to have deaths from that. But just worrying so much about COVID-19 in 2020. Yeah. How, how much is it of that is that going to be a setback to all the other areas of health? That's right, yeah. Seriously, though. Um, oh, I know. And, 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 and as we've mentioned before on previous podcasts and, and so on and so forth, COVID-19 you know, still almost other areas of, of death or there are, sorry, other causes of death that have a high mortality rate, being a higher mm. death rate than COVID-19. Mm. And yet we're still worrying about COVID-19 as if it's the bee's knees 
of you know mortality mm. in, in the history of humanity spot on spot so, on Terry ridiculous and yeah that's the spot on. and that's why I sort of um you know you, you do question whether there's a bit of a, a different motivation to be so involved with it because yeah why not something else why not you know cancer research diabetes autism <clears throat> and things like that um why does Bill Gates feel the need to be so heavily involved with it. So I think I think it's the bottom line to me. I think it's uh, he's just thinking of the dollars. To be honest, oh, yeah, you look good, um, Bill. Definitely, you look good to everyone. But I think we can see what the underlying factors are here, Terry. Mm, we certainly do. And then moving on to probably the last and final question yep. is <clears throat> COVID nineteen. Sam, was it a planned? pandemic or in short a plandemic mm. yeah well it's a it's a question we've all been asking ourselves since it uh since it started really and i don't know my opinion sort of up and down and and, and changed because i don't know initially i thought it could have been uh something to do with with china um something to do with well obviously when we think that it originated in china could have been intentionally created by china but then again you're thinking well i don't know they, um, you know, it's, it, would they have done that? What were their, you know, intentions? What were they gaining out of it? Yeah, they gained um, the rest of the world sort of suffering in the end. And we thought maybe it might just be restricted to China to begin with. But obviously, uh, it seemed like it spread like a wildfire. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, Terry. I still I still don't know. What's, uh, what's your opinion on, on the situation? Well, they've suggested that COVID-19 is believed to have spread from an animal to a person, just like the MERS and the SARS um, epidemics or pandemics. So there is no indication or there's no public available evidence to suggest that the coronavirus was designed. <clears throat> that is the logical explanation of how COVID-19 is believed to have spread and started. Mm -hmm. However, we still don't have peer-reviewed evidence to support or deny those claims mm. for either argument. Yeah, so we still don't know enough about it. And maybe is that the way we're going to find out the solution is to know about the origin? Mm. Possibly, yeah. Maybe let's go back help. to the beginning of how it started rather than how we should mitigate the spread. Or well, how about how it initially spread or started? Mm. Well, I guess it's very hard to get if it, if it was, in fact, China, um, which everything's pointing towards that. It's going to be pretty hard to get information out of those guys anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if we'll ever have the answer. And we could be doing podcasts till the cows come home and, uh, you know, could be doing them in 20 years and, and probably still not have an answer to this, Terry. So, I don't know. You got any information that you want to fill us in with? Well, if I was to divulge all the information I do have, then I guess we might as well shut up shop and cancel <laughs> TSP. But uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay. And no, actually, I don't have anything, unfortunately. But yeah. I believe that we are starting to get a few leaks out in the media of, you know, some, I guess, revelations or potentially some breakthroughs, whether it is, is, it is in vaccines or, you mm. know, the ability to sort of counteract the effects of COVID. Um, so hopefully it's onwards and upwards from here. Yep. Um, and just as, a, I guess, a footnote to this episode is Bill Gates. Well, I don't think he's got the evil in him to manipulate the vaccine. I think he's no. doing it not only for, um, I guess, the health and well-being of the world, but at the same time, yes, Sam, I'm in agreement with you that 
he's not doing it for free. Yeah. He wants to yeah. make money and be renowned as the saviour mm. or the messiah of this deadly, well, potentially deadly pandemic. I mean, it yes, has killed people, but what did those people have also? Mm. Mm. Very good point. Ah, that's uh, very interesting. And, uh, of course, you know, as usual, plenty of meat there. Um, it's it's off the bone now, Terry. We've taken it all off. So I think uh, I think that really wraps up the episode. So if we've taken all the meat off the bone, Sam, yes, we really do have to wait for the cows to come home to get some more meat. Yep. And uh, next time we'll have plenty of meat. And in the meantime, check us out on Insta. And what's the handle? At Turnstones Pod. Yes, it is. Making sure that you're following us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, yes. Google Podcasts, CastBox, Launchpad. Anywhere that you see Turning Stones podcast, get on it. Get yep. listening. Now. Bye.